Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Today I'm speaking on the power of words. The power of words. This is part one of that message. The power of words. Each one of us uses words. We speak words. We write them. We sign them. Or... We find, sing them, find one way of using words. But words are very important for all human beings. It's one of the greatest uh, gifts that God has given us to be able to use words. One of the most important disciplines we must develop in life is our ability to use words in ways that benefit us. Words are very, very powerful. Words move the world. Words affect every area of our lives. They transmit our feelings. They create our environment. The history of humanity is the story of words. Throughout human history, we see great people, great leaders, whether they are military leaders, political leaders, or sometimes even standing behind the pulpit. People have used words to shape emotion, to direct people in a particular way, and to help shape the course of history. Words create actions, and actions create the outcomes of life. Our world itself, the universe, is a product of words, and it is sustained by the power of the word. If we're going to really be successful in life as human beings, we have to learn how to use words effectively. So we're going to look at that subject. We'll start by looking at how God uses words. And then we'll look at how God wants us to use our words. And then we're going to talk about the power of words generally. And we're going to talk about how to respond to words. And then we're going to end talking about how we must speak when we are in a battle. When life is fighting us, how we must speak or the words we must use. So let's start by looking at how God uses words. In Genesis chapter 1, that's where everything begins. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And we have these words there and it says, Then God said... Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. It's a familiar scripture that we are used to. In this passage, we're going to look at two verbal actions from God. Two ways that God uses words. And, and then we're going to look at how God wants us to use our words um, after that. Two ways that God uses words. First, you find it in the phrase, then 
God said. Then God said. If you say something, it is a word. Then God said. And we know what he said. Let there be light. That word translated said means to think, to mention, or to command. In other words, God didn't just blurt out something out of his mouth. But what he said was based on something that was deep within himself. It was based on his thought. It was based on his mention. And he commanded into being. Then God said. He didn't just blab out words. He, there was an intentionality with the words. That phrase, then God said, is the manifestation of God's word as creative. God's word is creative. When we say God's word is creative, it means that his word brings things into existence. Let there be, and then there is. Let there be, and then there is. So his word creates, his word brings things into being, things which do not exist. He says, let them be, and they are. That's a very powerful way of using words that you can speak and it will be. Speak and it will be. So that's the first way God uses words. He says them in a creative way and things come into existence. The second way God uses words is also in the passage. It says, then God called. He called the darkness night. And he called the light day. He called. That word called means to proclaim, to name, and to appoint. So let there be, and there is, then God goes ahead to describe what he has created. So then God called shows that the word of God is descriptive. It describes it describes. He identifies and names what he has created. So if you look at it, two important ways. He creates and he describes what he has created. He says, let there be, and then he calls what he has caused to be. Now these are two very powerful ways in which words are used. You use them to bring things into being, and then after the things have come into being, you name them or you describe them. You make a declaration about them. These are the two main ways in which God uses words. I mean, there are other ways in which he uses words, but from the passage, these are the two ways to create and to describe. Creative and descriptive. Let's say it together, creative and descriptive. Say God's word is creative and descriptive. And that also means that our words must be creative and descriptive. The way we speak is very important because when we speak, we are creating things. And when we speak, we are describing things. All right. Now we see how God uses words. Let's look at how we should be using words. How should we be using words? Well, we see it also in the book of Genesis, how 
uh, God wanted Adam to use words. Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 to 20. Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 to 20. And it reads, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Now when you look at this uh, passage, you see there are two things happening. God is doing one thing and Adam is doing another thing. God does one thing and Adam does the other. So let's look at what God does first and then we look at what Adam does. So let's look at what God does. First is that after God had created the animals, he brings the animals the way or he brings them to Adam. So uh, we learn that when God has made things, he brings things our way. The ad- animals were not created by Adam. He didn't make them. He didn't make the cattle. He didn't make all those uh, beasts of the field. God made them. And then God made them pass before Adam. So if we use our power of imagination, Adam is sitting down and all of a sudden things are coming in front of him. Animals are passing in front of him. He didn't make the animals, but they are passing in front of him. Who brought them? God. So that tells you sometimes God will bring things you have not created your way. You're just sitting somewhere and things will come in front of you. So these animals are walking in front of Adam. Uh, and, and why is God making them come in front of Adam? Well, the passage tells us why. The Bible says he brought them to see what he will call them. He see what he will call them. So God brought the animals Adam's way and says, I'm going to check Adam out and see what names he will give to these animals. I created them. I am bringing them your way, but you must name them. You didn't create them, but you must name them. Very important. Come his way. And God says, I'm watching. What name will he give to them? Very important. So that's one thing. God does something. He creates the animals, brings them Adam's way, wants to see how he'll name them. Then the second part is what Adam did. So God has done his part. What is Adam going to do? It says that Adam named all the animals. So what does that teach us? It teaches us that we name the things that God brings our way. Adam had to have a word for every animal. Can you imagine if you were Adam how you would feel? These animals are coming on stop and you must have a name for each one of them. And you can't repeat the names. You have to have a name for each one of them. I mean, that, that's a lot of creativity. You have to manufacture names. I mean, if, if there are a thousand animals or 10,000 animals or 20,000 animals, each one you have to name them. I guess if it was you, by the time you name about 15, your words will be short. You now go dog one, dog two, dog three, dog four, dog one A, dog one B, dog one C, dog one... I mean, because how do you come up with new words? 
But Adam named each one of them. And he didn't repeat the name. That's a monkey. That's a dog. That's a cat. That's hippopotamus. That's, uh, that's elephant. That's cockroach. That's, that is uh, uh, mosquito. And that is housefly. And that's chicha fly. And that is once my pobi. And <laughs> so, so he had to keep naming them. Keep naming them. Each one has to be named. And he can't call them this thing or that thing or something. Each one needs a real name. That's a very tough job. And it tells you something very important that God wants us to be very specific about the things that come our way. You just can't say something is happening to me. I feel something. You know, like the way we can. Yes, I feel something. Sometimes a man will say to the woman, when I see you, I feel something. What is something? <laughs> Name it. And the woman says, when, when I feel that there's like something is doing me. You see, that, that's, that's the problem with us Ghanaians. We don't have words for what, how we feel. We are not specific. Something is doing me inside. What is something is doing me inside? Name it properly. You know, sometimes I read in the news, you know, and, and they'll say, a strange disease. Name it. Every disease that we see has got a name. Don't call it strange. Don't call it mysterious. Don't call it something we haven't seen before. You must have a name for it. Because the ability to describe something right is one way of understanding it and dominating it. If you can't describe it, you can't own it. If you can't describe it, everything will be a mystery. Everything will be difficult. Everything will be indefinite before you. Adam had to name them. Words must be used to properly describe what comes before us. And the Bible says, whatever he named them, that was the name. Whatever you call them, that will be what it will be. Whatever, whatever. So can you imagine if Adam sees an animal and calls it my tormentor, then the animal will be a tormentor to him. My killer. My biter. My harasser. I'm sure if you call a lion, my eater. You can't survive the night. Because whatever you name it, that is what it will be. If you call a snake my underminer, it will undermine you. If you call it my helper, it will help you. You call it my victory, you have victory over it. You call it my strength, you will be strong with it. Whatever you name it, that is what it will be. Now, what do we learn from that? We learn from that, that sometimes in life, you don't control what passes in front of you. You will just be there and trouble will come or some situation will come or something will just come your way. The Bible says when those things come your way, you have to name them. It may be an attack on your health. You can call it my death or you can call it my testimony. It may be you may go to sit an exam and you fail. 
You, might, you can call it my failure or you can call it my breakthrough. Whatever you call it, that is what it will be. Whatever you call it. And if you don't master how you call things, the things will master you. And so if you're a parent and your child comes with a bad report, and, and let's face it, anytime you hear a, a, a parent saying, oh, my child did very well in class. My child was the best in class. Oh, they got the first prize. And, and, and they got three prizes and ten prizes. It means somebody's child didn't get any. By the time you say, oh, my, my child is so brilliant and, and top the class. Somebody is also saying, my child carried the class. Because believe you me, the children who are last, they are also people's children. Now what do you do when you're a parent and your child comes with a report and it's nine, 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 fail, fail, fail. What will you call him? God is passing nine in chains in front of you. What will you call him? You can call him deadhead or you can call him brilliant. Whatever you call him, that is what he will be. Whatever you call him, whatever you call it. It's not so much about what comes your way. It's about how you label it. It's how you label it. You can label it my song, my story, my favor, my victory, my ministry, my breakthrough. Whatever you call it, that is what's going to be. Your marriage may not be what you want, but whatever you call it, that's what it's going to be. That's how God created man. To name things. And whatever you name it, that is what it will manifest to you. If you look at your husband, whatever you name him. <laughs> you say, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at him, look at him. Look at him, look at him. Is this a man? Uh, whatever you name him. Now when he comes and he's not behaving like a man, you say, what kind of man is this? Whatever you name him. Whatever you name him. Whatever you name it, that is what it's going to be. You know, it's very difficult to look at something that looks frightening and not use a frightening name for it. Because everything you feel when you see it Puts fear in you, but you can name it a different way. You will name it a different way.